Welcome to a very special preseason episode of College Football Game Day Live. I am your host, Thor Nystrom, joined as always by the godfather of recruiting, Mike Farrell of Mike Farrell Sports. Today, we're going to be talking about Big Ten totals and Notre Dame preseason win totals. Mike, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm doing, I'm doing great. We're talking about football. We're in August. We are almost to preseason yeah, football. We're almost there. We're getting close. We're almost there. We have a lot to get to today, so let's get right to it. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish are first on the docket today. Preseason win total of eight and a half. Mike, what do you what do you think of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish this year? Last year, really tough season for them. Obviously, over the offseason, Marcus Freeman goes out, gets rid of his quarterback room, brings in Mr. Sam Hartman. What do you think that does for, for that team ceiling? Well, a lot of Notre Dame fans said last year they wouldn't have lost a game against Marshall or Stanford uh, had they had a quarterback. Some of them think they wouldn't have lost to USC had they had a quarterback. So now they have a quarterback. He's the most talented quarterback they've had since Brady Quinn, probably. Um, So expectations are high. The schedule is not easy, though. Um, You know, Freeman will be better as a second-year coach. I think he was, you know, he did good in the Ohio State game in the opener. Then there were some moments of, of tightness against Stanford and Marshall, and those were bad losses. I don't think you're going to see bad losses. So I don't think you're going to see a Central Michigan loss or, or anything like that. But this schedule is very tricky to me. Um, Navy's not a problem. Tennessee State's not a problem. Central Michigan shouldn't be a problem. But, man, Ohio State, Duke, Louisville, USC, Pitt, and Clemson in a row. And then Hartman going to play his team Wake Forest, which shouldn't be an issue. It's tough. I, I know the line is eight and a half. I think they should go nine and three. But I know – I just think the safest thing is to say under. It just – there's too many potential losses out there. This could be an eight and four season. That, that's how I'm seeing it, even with Sam. Oh, Martin. okay. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. going over on Notre Dame. And I know I disagree with a whole lot of people I respect, including yourself. You you just got added to the list. But I, I have to go over on, on this one. That's how much I respect, apparently, Sam Hartman. Um, I, I really like that kid's game. And, um, you know, now he's working behind this really good offensive line. Notre Dame has skill talent, too. Obviously, the the running back room with Estime, they have pretty good wide receiver talent as well. And that defense is good. Um, you know, Marcus Freeman now, you brought up some of the times he, he stubbed his toe last year, and that's fair enough. But they also kept things close and, and did pretty well against some good teams on the other side of it. And contextually, last year, you lose your starting quarterback right away. You were down to Drew Pine, who, like, I'm sorry, Arizona State for shooting some straights here, but was arg- he's arguably a Mac quarterback and Drew Pine. He had to go through the entire season like that. They had lost their, their primary receiving target to – to injuries as well. So they didn't really have any receiving. So you basically had a Mac quarterback only throwing to a tight end all season. Every defense knew what they were doing. So it it was just sort of tough with that. You had this paint by numbers offense. They got through with that and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, that's what made them susceptible to upsets. Now you have Sam Hartman, a guy who has been awesome in clean pockets his entire career at Wake Forest, even though he had to run this slow mesh that invited pressure right into his kitchen. He's working behind one of the best offensive lines in college football. one that's going to contend with the Michigans and a couple other ones for that Joe Moore award. My system spit out a 9.6 wins for Notre Dame. They do have those three ridiculously hard games. My system put out 1.5 wins for Notre Dame over those three games. The other nine games though, set up very well for Notre Dame. 
I'm bullish on Notre Dame this season. So we'll see how that goes. But I, I like Notre Dame. I, I like the Irish. I'm going to go. It, 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 it's, it's tough. They destroyed Clemson last year. You know, you assume the Ohio State game is one loss. You know, in your system, that's got to be a loss. USC, you assume, is a loss as well, even though they played them close. So there's two losses. So then you're, you're, you're playing with that eight and a half number. You've got to win all the rest. Duke is no joke. Uh, they, they're, they're a good football team. Louisville, we'll see how the new coach works there. Pitt is a tough out always. It's going to be tricky. So the reason I'm saying under is simply because I'm counting two losses, USC and Ohio State, and that means they have to go 9-1. and one. And there's just some potential losses here that scare me. So we disagree on this one. I would play the safe bet, go under, you're, you're over. Um, and we'll see how good Sam Hartman is in this new offense. Yeah, I just think they're going to get one win out of those those three toughies. And then, you know, the the rest of the – in the other nine, I think I think they're running the table. I, I'm saying Notre Dame's going 10 and 2. I'm bullish on Notre Dame, Mike. Mm. I'm bullish. Irish nation. Irish nation. Yeah, I I think Notre Dame is back this year. I, I'm sorry, but I, I, I really like Notre we'll Dame. We shall see. Yeah, move, moving to the Big Ten now. Um, another, speaking of bullish, Thor is super bullish on this one, despite the fact that, that Jim Harbaugh was suspended for the four cupcakiest games in the history of cupcakes for, for the, and, and for, we, we won't get into the, 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 no, no, no. remember last, yeah. last year's first four were the cupcakiest games. Oh yeah. Is this worse? Yeah. Can, can, mean, comparing yeah. the soft, the, the texture of the, of the softness of, of those two things. <laughs> it, yeah. It's unbelievable. It, it is unbelievable. Yeah. We, we, we got to talk to someone about the non-con scheduling at, at Michigan. Uh, it reminded me when I went to undergrad at Kansas and they would like deliberately go for the easiest of the easy FBS teams what, when they were doing what, the non-con what, scheduling. Like, UConn, UConn, Hawaii. Who else was in yeah. that that murderer's <laughs> row to open the season? This is why he could be like, we're going to split starters. Yeah, because you're playing Colorado State, Hawaii, UConn. Yeah. I, guess, I guess Maryland's got a pulse. So maybe it's not four games last year. The, 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 the projected win percentage for these four games for Michigan is 99% for each game. It's crazy. Yeah, fourth so, one this year is Rutgers. easier than last year. But I'm bullish on Michigan as well. Continue. Yeah, well, and, and so this – the Wolverines this year win total a 10 and a half. So we, we do have a bit of an elevated one for the Wolverines this year. So Mike, you know, moving to the big 10 with the Wolverines this year at 10 and a half, you go over or under this win total. I, I go over. I'm bullish big time on, on Michigan. You know, I think this is the best team Harbaugh's had on paper. The offensive line is, is going to be, you know, rock solid as well. Corum coming back from injury, but he should be fine. Donovan Edwards, to me, could have a breakout Bijan Robinson type of season. He's that talented. J.J. McCarthy, you know, is is maturing. He's getting better. He had the two pick sixes against TCU, bounce back from that a little bit. He's very, very focused. Defense is good. I don't see a weakness. The, the only weakness I could see perhaps is, is perhaps the outside speed at wide receiver. But this team, the way this sets up now, of course, You've got Ohio State at the end of the season. They've won two in a row on that. You have to consider that sort of a toss-up because it's at Ohio State, at Penn State. But what else is really a challenge here? I mean, the first four games, as we mentioned, are cupcakes. Nebraska, Minnesota, Indiana, Michigan State, Purdue, Maryland, none of those teams are going to beat them. So if you look at that alone, you got to be you got to be on the over here. Um, Ten and a half, 
is a high number. I mean, really, you have to go 11-1 to win. But I, I think really the only true loss I could see is, is probably Ohio State at the end of the season. Yeah, I, I love this roster. Michigan is my pick to win the national title this year. Uh, in in I don't I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Yeah, I, I absolutely love this roster. In ten, well, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this, Thor. I got Georgia because I'm going to go with Georgia. I'm going to go with the SEC. I'm going to go with them one and three in a row. But I think this is the year Michigan gets to the championship game at the very least. They're going to make the playoff. They're going to get to the championship game. They could win it all. So I'm not disagreeing completely with you. Yeah, I mean, and it's hard not to pick those two teams to be in it, right? Like, yeah, and I think Michigan, yeah, I mean, they're they're the one team that you would pick, like, that's going to give Georgia trouble if, if you were to do it like that. In 10 regular season games this year, my system has Michigan installed as 16 points or better favorites. Uh, and then in the other two, my system has Michigan as three points. Well, the Ohio State game, they have Mich- my system as Michigan as three point favorites. And then th- that's at home for Michigan. And then on the road at Penn State, my system has Michigan as three point nine point favorites. Uh, that's the 12 games right there. My my system has Michigan 11.1 um, in terms of the um, total win projection for the entire season i'm definitely going over the 10.5 like i said i expect them to win the the conference the big 10 i expect them to win the championship so definitely going over on michigan i i agree with everything you said mccarthy absolutely is a prime nfl prospect they have the the best backfield tandem in the nation the receivers I, you know they're okay it's the, the one part of the team that you point to where it's like yeah a little bit lower they have the best offensive line in the nation, which is crazy. They've won the last two Joe Moore awards, and they still have the best offensive line in the nation. Jim Nagy, the czar of the senior bowl, a month ago, puts out that they have seven guys on the senior bowl watch list for this coming class. That's ludicrous in lieu of the fact that they've won the last two Joe Moore awards, and they just sent multiple guys to the NFL draft this year, and they have done they did so in the previous class as well. It's absolutely ludicrous that they have seven well, prospects for this coming too, class. Man. I mean- you plug and play the Darius Henderson, Miles Hinton into your – it's the portal. I mean, it's, it's a it's big stupid. deal. So, it's yeah, absolutely stupid. That, you don't have to develop them on a high school as much anymore. He does a great job of that, Harbaugh does, but then he can go out and pluck a couple guys, Drake Nugent, you know, guys like that that are coming in. Um, so that's – that's they're just – the only way uh, is if they do a Harbaugh. And then by a Harbaugh, I mean, just, you know, play down to one opponent like they did in his first few seasons when he was eight and four and nine and three. If they just play down to an opponent, leave them hanging around um, and struggle in one game and, and drop a game that they shouldn't lose. Uh, then then other than that, it comes down to Ohio State. Fast forward to the 12th game of the season and you win and you're in. And, and that's why Ohio State, who's coming up next, is extremely interesting to me because you can you possibly take. Michigan over 10 and a half and Ohio State over 10 and a half. I just assume that that one game determines all your gambling future of your life. Well, it's, it's a good, I mean, you definitely can't be bullish on the top three teams in that division, right? And I, I mean, you know, sort of spinning it forward, I'm also kind of bullish on Penn State. So I am not bullish moving on to Ohio State. They would be the one team I would shade the other way. So, so moving to Ohio State, they also have that 10 and a half number around the market. Um, my systems number on Ohio State is 10.7. So my system is right around that Vegas number. I, I'm not there, though, 
Um, I would actually lean, if I had to, I would lean under on Ohio State. I'm not betting that one, though, um, but mostly because I'm, I already have the, I have all the tickets on Michigan, and I also have tickets on Penn State. Ohio State is the one team that I'm fading. What say you, Mike Farrell? Yeah, I'm not betting that either because I don't know who the quarterback is. And I know there's talent. You know, obviously they have arguably the top two wide receivers in the country on the same roster. Um, you know, the defense has been a bone in contention for a lot of Ohio State fans. It's not bad at all. Up front, they're going to be better, um, you know, because they've got really talented guys who are, you know, gaining more experience. And, and there could be a couple breakout guys there. I'm not sure about the linebackers tackling in space, although they have talent there uh, and arguably the best linebacker in the Big Ten. Secondary is is a big question mark, but I don't care. You know, whoever gets this quarterback job, whether it's Brown or McCord, is going to put up monster numbers. He's going to have so many targets to choose from. Uh, they've got the one-two punch at running back, too, if Trevion Henderson's back healthy. The problem I have with this is there's three games on here that I worry about, and they're all on the road. At Notre Dame, now we just talked. I think that's an Ohio State win, but it's still a tricky game. Uh, they struggled last year uh, against a Notre Dame team that we thought I thought they were going to beat them by 30. At Wisconsin, I worry about. Uh, that's a tough place to play. Uh, Luke Fickle is a great coach. They've got a new offense. There's going to be some, some, you know, bumps in the road there, but that's a trap game to me because uh, it follows the Penn State game. And I know you're bullish on Penn State, and we'll get to that in a second. It's at home against Penn State. That's going to be a difficult game. You go from Penn State the next weekend to at Camp Randall, and then you finish with at Michigan. So there's three road games here that, that worry me. That's why I'm not betting at all. Um, I, I'm I'm with you on Michigan. I'm not betting Ohio State because, you know, Ryan Day is under pressure, man. He's he's the only coach in the country that I know needs to go 11 and 0, or people are going to say that he, he should be fired, <laughs> and and he really needs to go 12 and 0 because he can't lose a Michigan game three state three in a row. But people look at the Michigan, they say Michigan game. Ryan Day needs to win that, or he's going to get fired. He he needs to win all 11 of these games prior to that. If he goes 10 and 1 heading into Michigan, he's in big big trouble. I don't think he's going to get fired, but everybody's going to freak out. So there's so much pressure on Ryan Day and he did a brilliant coaching job in my opinion against Georgia. They had that game. The defense did let them down, but I'm not taking over 10 and a half on Ohio State. Yeah, I that's all well said. It, it's just too much up in the air for me. Um you don't know what's going on at the quarterback position. And then you have like the road games at, at Notre Dame and, and Michigan, you know, coin flippy type games. And then the Penn state and Wisconsin games, they're not gimmies either. And so you're sort of counting on, you know, whether it's McCord or Brown to be sort of ready-made stars right away. And, you know, we just, Stroud was right. But like, you, you can't count Haskins on that. Was. Every single Haskins, Haskins was. was. Yeah. <laughs> The numbers for the first-year quarterbacks under Ryan Day at Ohio State are just astronomically unbelievable. So you assume they're going to be good. They're going to put up 45 touchdowns, six picks, something crazy like that. But it's still a difficult assumption when you're laying your own money on it. It is. And it's it's sort of – it has to be that for them to go over that number, right? Like, I mean, that's what this thing is set at. And if it's not that, they're going under because because of the schedule and and everything like that. So – I just can't get there with it. Um, the other teams are are too good. And, you know, Michigan, their roster, it is top 
two or three in the nation in, in terms of like how I view it at least. And then Penn State, well, we'll talk about them in a second. I really like that team. And so, you know, and then, you know, the the Notre Dame uh, matchup and everything like that. I don't know. So I I, I just got to fade Ohio State this year. Uh, moving to the aforementioned Penn State Nittany Lions, the market has hung a nine and a half uh, win total on them. Mike, this is a really interesting team. Uh, you know, James Franklin, a guy who drew some criticism, you know, at various times throughout a tenure that has gotten, I think, longer than some people maybe thought it was going to at, at certain times. You know, there's during various times of his tenure, it's like, oh, James is looking, he's talking to this program, he's looking there. and But he's, he's actually made it uh, quite a while at this point. But, you know, like there was times where during his tenure there where Penn State couldn't run. There was a few seasons where the offensive line was bad or the running back room was, was only sort of okay. And then there was longer stretches, uh, well, basically his entire tenure, where he was playing quarterbacks that were physically limited. You know, they were just sort of these station-to-station guys who were, to be fair, reliable. You know, they were like sort of the, the heady kids, whatnot. Um, now, it's we've gone the opposite way. Uh, Franklin has a really good offensive line now, headlined by Fashanu, who's an absolute stud. The NFL cannot believe that he spurned them. He has two amazing running backs just thoroughbred running backs, just amazing running backs. And then Alar, the new quarterback coming in, has an absolute gun. So, like, the ceiling of this team has gotten really, really interesting. You are the recruiting guy. Like, you know everything about about these kids, and especially Alar. We don't have a lot of exposure on this kid so far. What do you think about Alar? What do you think about Penn State? So, you know, some people had him as a five-star coming out. I, I did not. I had him as a high four. Same with J.J. McCarthy, though. Some people had him as a five-star. I had him as a high four. I'm really, really picky with five-star quarterbacks. Big cannon arm. We haven't really seen a lot of what he can do. We've seen, you know, bits and pieces. Um, it, it really all depends on him and the wide receivers. You know, the, as you mentioned, the offensive line is going to be strong. Running game is going to be very, very effective. Tight end, I think Theo Johnson, uh, you know, has a, has a strong year, Tyler Warren. They, they've got tight ends. They recruit that position very well. You know, defensively, you know, Chop Robinson coming off the edge with Isaac, the great pass rush should be. Abdul Carter's a beast. Curtis Jacobs back at linebacker. And the secondary is so good that, you know, a storm duck transfers in there and transfers out within like two months. Can't even crack this, this too deep. They're deep everywhere except wide receivers. Dante Cephas is going to be very important to them, how good he's going to be, and the quarterback position. So, you know, when you look at the schedule, you look at two games at Ohio State and at home against Michigan. You know, even if you assume those are losses, and, and James Franklin has not done well against those programs, so you have to assume those are losses. Can they win the other 10 games? West Virginia, Delaware, at Illinois. Illinois is not going to be the same football team they were last year. Iowa still doesn't have an offense. Northwestern's horrible. UMass is even worse. Indiana's awful. At Maryland, not a rivalry game, even though Maryland thinks it is. Rutgers, Michigan State, they all stink. So I'm taking the, even if they lose those two games that they lose every year, I still have 10 and 2, and I'm above that 9.5 number. Yeah, my number on them is on Penn State is is ten point one. Uh, at the nine point five number, I I shade them over. And 
you have this, you know, like I say, you have the ceiling with that team now. Uh, they, they, I really like the defense, even though they lost Joey Porter Jr., the secondary is still nasty. They have all the edge rusher guys. Manny Diaz did awesome last year, and he has that system where he loves to send the heat. This personnel fits him so well because the, the secondary is really good. You can leave those guys on islands, and then they have all the, the edge rusher guys. Like, it's not just Chop and, and, and uh, you know, the, the guys that you mentioned. Like, they have depth there. So you can just send waves of guys and, and then leave the secondary on islands. And then the the offense we mentioned, you know, all, all those guys, you have the ceiling now where it's not just – before in, in in Franklin's time, they, they like, prioritize and fetishize the efficiency – I think now you have the explosive element with with that unit as well. So I I, I just really like that that squad. And now I you know I think you have the shot of uh, perhaps a down Ohio State season. At least that's in play. So I'm going to go over on uh, Penn State, guys. Before we move on, I think y'all should download the free betting pros app. I'm I've got the thing, and I'm going to be on it all season. If you do, you're going to notice this fall that you're going to get all my picks on there as they happen because they show up like on your your iPhone, like the alerts, you know, it'll like literally tell you when I put them in, you'll get the alert on your iPhone thing, like of my picks, like literally as I, I put them in and then all my colleagues is picks. Um, I am not a big technology guy, but that's just, you know, I'm a boomer, I guess is, is Debra always you're calls me a, a boomer, young boomer. Right? I'm an old boomer. I have the app too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's awesome. You got it. Not just for college yeah. football. I mean, for the fantasy, for all of them. NFL fantasy football, it's it's a definitely a go-to app. Yeah, and like the NFL guys, when they put their picks in, and I need those ones. You know, like Mike, you and I, we're the we're the college football pick guys, right? Like, but like in the NFL, I don't know what I'm doing. So I need like the, our NFL guys when they put in their picks. And then I, I need those like live because then I can bet their advice because I I don't know what I'm doing in the you NFL. Do. You just hammered Jalen Hyatt for his route running today. You follow the NFL <laughs> college guy. You hammer NFL guys like crazy. But those guys know a little bit more about the NFL than we do. But you got to understand, all those guys in the NFL came from college. And they all came yeah. from high school, following them forever. So I still rely on those guys, even though I'm supposed to know what I'm talking about. So the app's very valuable. For sure, for sure. Um, the the other thing with that app, so and this is a really cool thing. I actually learned about this on on our work trip because um, we have a, a bunch of people that work behind the scenes that that like you know invented all this stuff or like put all this stuff together. But you can sync the app to your sports book, so it like it tracks all this different stuff. It tracks your bets across all sports books into one spot, so you, you can track all your da- data and stuff like that. You'll get insights and personalized recommendations for props, which is another really cool feature of it. Game picks. And and more uh, tailored to your interests. Um, and then uh, to enjoy all the benefits of, of the Sportsbook Sync, download the Sportsbook app by visiting bettingpros.com slash app or search betting pros in, in the app store. Um, so definitely do that today. All right, Mike, moving on to the next team in the Big Ten, the Wisconsin Badgers. Very interesting team. You know, obviously the Luke Fickle hire, that was sort of shocking to me. He had stayed at Cincinnati after the, the college football birth and, and every uh, football playoff birth and everything like that. Then they're moving up into the big uh, 12 and then he, he books it for Wisconsin. You know, it's like, uh, I, I, you know, was that a, I, I would have thought he could have got, I mean, sorry to Wisconsin, but you know, could have gotten a bigger job after that. Well, I remember he was uh, linked with USC. There was some mm-hmm. other, jobs that he was linked with that were bigger but you know yeah. he, 
wants to stay in the Big Ten but just get out of Ohio. This guy coached – he played in high school in Ohio. He coached – he played college in Ohio. He coached in Ohio. Maybe he just wanted to get out of Ohio and just finally just chose Wisconsin as his place. Yeah, and, and then he – so it wasn't the only interesting thing. So Wisconsin goes and gets him. And then in one of the more fascinating, probably the most fascinating coordinator hire of the entire cycle, stunning one, he goes and steals Phil Longo from Mac Brown. Longo leaves the opportunity to coach uh, uh, Drake May for his last season and then just goes to Wisconsin, a school that has, has run this ground and pound offense for the last, what? 30 years, 40 years. I like, so this is going to be really interesting. Um, the, the Badgers have a win total set at eight and a half this year. Mike, what do you think of the Badgers this fall? I'm going over this schedule is so easy other than Ohio state, the game in a, and that's a camp rental. And like I said, that could be tricky for Ohio state. Even if you project them to lose to Ohio state, I mean, Buffalo, Washington state, Georgia, Southern, to start the season at Purdue, they should handle Purdue. Purdue's got a new coach. We'll get to them, I think, down the line here. Rutgers is awful. I know Iowa is going to be a different game. Um, Iowa's defense is tremendous. They can hang with anybody. I still don't believe in their offense at all, and I believe in Phil Longo. Um, I believe in Tanner Mordecai. I think Braylon Allen's going to be better. Uh, the, the, the running back situation at UNC got overlooked because of Sam Howell and Drake May. He was putting together – you know, really good seasons for his running backs, safe for one year and putting guys in the NFL. Um, so I, I give them the nod there. At Illinois, I'm still not as bullish. I think Illinois was kind of a fluke last season. Indiana, Northwestern, Nebraska, Minnesota. I mean, I'm not saying 11 and 1, but I'm saying 9 and 3. So give me the over. Yeah, I, I got to go over on this too. And it's for all the reasons you stated that the schedule, you know, like, you know, on the one hand, I am trepidatious about teams that make sort of precipitous uh, scheme changes like this in one off season. But on the other hand, they brought in guys from the portal that have played in similar systems. You mentioned Mordecai and stuff like that. That assuages some of the concerns. Another thing that, that assuages it is not only the soft schedule, but particularly soft at the beginning. Some of your your harder opponents are stacked at the end. So you have like it's like the runway for the plane where you don't have to take off until later. So I, I think by the time they get into November, you're, you know, you're, you're going to be way more familiar with that system and whatnot. Um, because of that easy schedule, my, my system has a 9.6 wins for Wisconsin. Um, they, they, my system has way over. Yeah. I mean, like my system had Wisconsin as like nine point or more favorite in the majority of these games. And, favorite in every game but i think just like a couple uh or one i think if i'm i mean it's not favorite ohio state i don't see another team they wouldn't be favored that's it yeah like and 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 to be fair a double digit dog against ohio state i I was squinting because i was like is that right but i i that that is right um well so ohio state if you and we're going to get to this as we get to the podcast throughout the year, but Ohio State is going to have a very high inflationary uh, point spread favor over some teams that they shouldn't. And this is one of those games. Um, Like I said, it follows the Penn State game. It's on the road, Um, you know, double digit. We'll see if that drops below, but 
that doesn't make a lot of sense. But the only real game here, you know, that they sh- maybe, you know, and and they're at home, Iowa, and we're going to get to them next because you don't know what to expect from Iowa. You know, they, they've got a new quarterback. They've they brought in some offensive weapons, but I'd still take Wisconsin in every game but Ohio State as far as the point spread. Yeah, and and we'll 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 hit Iowa quick here because I, I I know you got to get out of here in a second, so we'll we'll hit Iowa quick and then we'll we'll hit some of the unders that we're going in the, in rapid fire. With the with the Hawkeyes, we have a, a Vegas win total that is down to seven and a half. Now there there's some questions around the Hawkeye program uh, with you know around both the the programs in Iowa in the state of Iowa. The Hunter Decker story dropped uh, a couple of days ago. There's there's reports that there could be more guys in the Iowa State program that have legal woes because of the sports gambling thing. The, there's been an Iowa kicker that has already been embroiled in this. Is there going to be any other guys in, in the Iowa program? So that's that stuff is sort of swirling around right now. But we don't know of any other guy, you know, that that's involved with that, at, you know, as of now, whatnot. So that's that's, you know, as of early August is, is where we're sort of talking about that, uh, you know, in the moment. But Iowa does have nine starters returning on offense, seven on defense, with a, a win total, like I said, seven and a half. Mike, what do you think of the Hawkeyes? I mean, Kirk Ferentz is eight and four every year. I mean, you you know Iowa better than I do. I, I know that's just sort of saying things out loud. But from a 20,000-foot view, Iowa is the perfect eight and four football team. Their defense will keep them in everything. Their offense will keep them from winning certain games they should. Um, this is just who they are. They're, they're an eight-win football team. So if you put them any year under Kirk Ferentz, under eight, uh, um, I'm taking the over. You put them at 8.5, I'm taking the under. So 7.5, I'm taking the over. I got to go I gotta go over as well. Um, the, the defense is going to be a little down. Obviously, they lost a whole bunch of guys in the NFL draft there, but they never fall outside of the top 20 with regards to that. And the offense should be way up this year. Uh, Brian Ferentz now has the contractual – uh, incentive to go faster on offense. Plus, they brought in a whole bunch of guys there: Cade McNamara, Eric All. They brought in the Ohio State receiver, who I think is the highest-rated receiver that Ferentz has ever signed. Caleb Johnson comes back. Five, all five offensive linemen starters come back, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Hopefully, there's not a uh, shoe dropping on Iowa with regards to all that stuff swirling in the ether. But um, barring that, I, I think they're going over that seven and a half number. Mike, let's go rapid fire on. Some of these unders, it sounds like we've been going over on a lot, but we do have a lot of unders, or at least I do, in, in this conference. Um, I actually have four of them. Um, Mike, I'm going to give you a potpourri here, um, and I'll, I'll give you all of my my unders. Uh, Michigan State, th- their total is five and a half. Uh, my t- system's total is five, so I go under on that one. Purdue, uh, Vegas total is five and a half. My system's total is 4.6. I go under on that one, of course. Indiana, uh, the Vegas total is four. My system's total is 2.8. I hate that team. Uh, and I think Tom Allen is getting the, uh, the his, I think he's going to walk the plank in October. And then, um, per, uh, I'm sorry, Northwestern, I was lucky enough to get this one at three and a half. It, it, you can't get that anymore. It's three now. Um, my system's total on them is 2.5. But I think I'd probably still go under on that because I don't see any chance to get to four wins. Any of those that you want to talk about just quick before I go let you go. State, you know, five and seven. I agree with you on that. So that's under 5.5. Indiana, three and nine. That's well under four. It should be three and a half. They're not that good. Um, I've been doing these positional breakdowns, you know, of of each unit in the Big Ten. 
and Indiana is always last, or if they're not last, Northwestern's last. They just don't have a good roster. They don't have a lot of talent on that football team. Northwestern is a, just a, in dis, dis shambles and dismay, and they're never getting above that three. Um, so I do the under there. Purdue, and the only reason I say Purdue, I know he's a new head coach. I, I know there's some questions as to whether he's ready or not. Um, I like the new offense. I like Hudson Card in that new offense. I'm very high on Hudson Card compared to other people. Um, I like what I saw from him at Texas. I like what I saw from him at a high school as a kid who really wasn't a pure quarterback. He's an athletic guy, you know, similar to um, Tannehill, who developed into a quarterback but still has that athleticism of a different position player. Um, you know, I like Devin Maccabee as a running back. I like their offensive line. It's okay. Um, they're not going to world beat, but to me, you know, if you're talking about five and a half, I think this is a six and six football team. So I would go over on Purdue under on all the others. Okay. Well guys, that's all the time we have for today for Mike Farrell. I am Thor Nystrom. We'll see you next week as we discuss the win totals for two more power five conferences.